0: back to the david glenn show y'all may know that for the last couple of years i've been contributing to theathletic.com and the athletic carolina along with my work here and at accsports.com darren vaughn are you exhausted man are you exhausted from chasing rod boone all these years we've had sarah Sivian <laughs> on the canes joe person and jordan rodrigue on the nfl and the panthers finally we got him Canes owner Tom Dundon's going to drop by in about 30 minutes. He's celebrating another hockey win and also bringing the outdoor stadium series game to a southeastern market for the first time ever. Canes will host at Carter-Finley next February. But we bring on Rod Boone from The Athletic Carolina to talk hoops. Welcome to the David Glenn Show, Rod. We're just goofing around, man.
1: How are you? I am finally made it, man. I'm I'm happy (laughs) to be here, man. Thank you, finally. Thank you.
0: It's great to have you. (laughs) Hey, you are fresh off All-Star Weekend. Regular season uh, play resumes tomorrow. I was struck when Adam Silver gave a number To the China problem that dates all the way back to something we discussed on sports radio a lot with Daryl Morey and the Rockets offending the Chinese government, etc. Were you surprised when he was transparent enough to say, yeah, that cost us more than $300 million uh, because the All-Star weekend as a whole was a blast. But that part, which I enjoyed, I'm glad when they're transparent with us, um, I was just kind of surprised that he was willing to put a number on that.
1: I was surprised, too, because usually you know how it is with the numbers and the NBA and businesses. They don't like telling you their bottom line and how much money they're losing or making in right. terms of anything. So to hear him come out and say that number was pretty jaw-dropping, um, especially because, you know, the NBA and China have kind of been in concert for a while now, you know, essentially going back to Yaming days. Um, you even have Stefan Marbury over there playing Right. Um, in Starberry shoes. So there's been a little bit of a, of a you know, back and forth nicely between china and the n b a and the c i it still come out and see that number and admit that it's it's an issue between the two countries right now it, it's definitely jarring because if you're a global multi billion dollar industry, you want to be able to go out there and promote your product. Anywhere you feel need to do it. And right now, China's not here in the NBA. So, But to hear Adam Silver come out and actually drop that number, I was definitely surprised i hear him come out and say it.
0: I'm with you. Rod Boone, follow follow him on Twitter, at Rod Boone. Find his work at The Athletic Carolina. The timing might not have worked on this, but when I saw LeBron tweet about a Major League Baseball scandal, you know, the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal – I was a little taken aback. I'm a big LeBron fan, and I I like hearing his thoughts on a whole lot of things. Was the timing off so that maybe there weren't a bunch of NBA players chiming in on this? Because I think most competitive people don't like the idea of learning that a possible championship was stolen from them. That clearly motivated LeBron's tweet. I wonder to what degree it's discussed by other members of the NBA, even if they're not huge baseball fans.
1: Well, in sports in general, as you said, I'm sure a typical athlete at the end of the day knows that if you feel like you're giving your all and you feel like the team or player you're playing against has cheated, you just feel like you're slighted. You feel like you've gone out there and done your best the right way, and then you have taken away from you, by somebody actually cheated and didn't do it the way it should have been done. So I think LeBron, essentially just voice, what many others out there in the NBA probably feel. If you go for a championship or a scoring title, whatever it may be, and the person you're going against doesn't do stuff with integrity, you you feel bad. You feel slighted. So, I think LeBron is just voicing what many think, and if you look at it from his perspective, it goes it goes both ways. I mean, of course, the the NBA and baseball two different entities. Okay, we know it's a little bit different to go out there in baseball and steal signs and whatnot. Maybe you can't do it in basketball. You can know what play's coming, but when you're an athlete and you know that somebody has essentially cheated the game that you love so much that you play with integrity, and you don't get the result you're looking for. It just sucks, man. I think LeBron didn't like the fact that also Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, didn't come out with stiffer, harsher penalties. That's what what you're saying is it's okay to cheat. If you cheat, you get caught. Okay, we'll slap your wrist. We'll we'll fire your manager, fire your GM. But, hey, at the end of the day, your World Series ring still goes to fit your finger. And it's not really right. You know, you can't go out there and – and give them an asterisk or pull stuff away from these guys, but you got to make a punishment fit the crime. I think LeBron feels like it didn't fit the crime. I think most people out there probably, I don't think, agree with him right now.
0: One big headline today from the NBA kind of was an overlap for college basketball fans and pro basketball fans, and you know we have a lot of both here across North Carolina. John Beeline and the Cleveland Cavaliers are parting ways college fans just remember him as man he was great at West Virginia he was great at Michigan he was great at Richmond before that and some smaller schools even before that was in your eyes Rod was his failure to bring along the Cleveland Cavaliers was it because of a college guy trying to make it work with NBA guys who have different attitudes and larger salaries or whatever or, or was it just something that didn't work out for other reasons? Even as some colleges are wondering whether John line at 67, you know, would like another college coaching job because I think
1: schools would be interested if he does. It's probably a little bit of both. To be honest with you, because if you look at the NBA and how historically college coaches come in and don't do very well, uh, it's probably the same boat as many of those guys. You know, look at Rick Pitino. When he came and tried to coach the, the Celtics way back yeah. when. Um, John Calapari with the Nets. These guys have been great college coaches, but you go to the NBA. It's a different animal because in college you can yell at guys all you want to, scream, threaten to take away, you know, this or that playing time. In the NBA, these guys essentially are your boss, yep. even though you're the coach they make more money than you. They have sometimes more power, more influence over ownership or, or uh, people in the staff than you do as a coach. So when you go into a situation as a college coach, a new environment, have to kind of you know feel your way around in terms of what to do, it's not easy. I think John Beline just found the hard way that you have to make sure that you go into a situation and kind of be – I wouldn't say uh, you know massage things a little bit, but you can't go in there guns blazing and say this is my way or the highway. I'm not sure if we did that exactly, but it seems like most college coaches come in with the college mentality of how things worked in college, and in the NBA, it's just totally different. You have these guys who are men, who uh, you know have families, um, who are probably going to be around longer than you are <laughs> if yep. you don't get it done as a coach. So. To see John Beeline not even last a year is surprising, um, but at the end of the day, what it also means is that it's important for these GMs, owners, uh, presidents, teams to scout coaches before you actually hire these guys. If you're not sure if you really want to be there, then don't say he's the next best thing. I guess everybody wants to go out there and get a Brad Stevens, but yep. Brad Stevens is is, is, is once-in-a-lifetime in, in some regards. Not every coach can go from college to the pros and be as good as Brad Stevens. So when you're the Cavaliers, you got to try, I guess, do things out the box a little bit to kind of make sure that you're still being relevant. But uh, John Belon just didn't work there. And it would be interesting to see which route they go now because the college route obviously did not work for them one bit
0: speaking of that jump from college to the pros that zion williamson guy has been in a lot of interesting headlines he dropped by duke right after being a part of all-star weekend got the cameron crazies all riled up as the blue devils won another game uh did his part at the all-star weekend and i think it's what a 10 game body of work after his long layoff because of his uh surgery and, and injury issues did you sense much skepticism? Do you remember, Rod, when the New Orleans Pelicans made Zion number one overall? Were there as many skeptics in the NBA as there were, I sensed, among college basketball fans who weren't sure that a six foot seven, you know, 290 pound dude could just, you know, translate in the paint and near the rim in the NBA the way he dominated in college basketball? Because I think, I mean, we don't know if he's going to have injury problems down the road, but. Hasn't Zion already answered most of the skeptics with what he's done over a, a fairly, you know, a growing sample size here, 10-plus 10, 10 games plus the All-Star break?
1: He has, I just said, so far, but it's still early. Um, and you have to kind of give him a little bit more, at least half season per se, or, you know, 50, 60 games to kind of get a good gauge on type of player he will be, you know, where he's at in terms of his development. But right now, as you said, to see him in these 10 games come out the way he has, essentially just take the lead by storm, has been amazing. You know, his biggest thing to me is, as you said, people weren't sure as if a guy his size with his jumping ability inside could translate to be a star in the NBA. Not because he couldn't play inside, but as you see now, the league has expanded. If you are a big guy, you have to be able to shoot the ball for the perimeter to be effective. You know, you can still be a big man and play inside a little bit of the old way, but if you're going to be the new generation, going to be on the floor a lot in crunch time, uh, when guys are playing quote-unquote small ball, you got to be able to shoot the ball from three-point range or, or close to it. And with Zion, that to me was the biggest part of his, his question mark of his game was, could he do that consistently enough? Could he go out there, hit the jump shot, and make the defense come out there and play him as opposed to being stacked upon the rim. So so far he's done just that. If you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan, you have to be happy because on, on top of him playing well, he's actually been healthy. Because as a guy his size, you also worry about will oh, his body betray him at some point? Will he break down? Will he be able to um not sample the cuisine down there the way you or I would, you know, being out in that yep. New Orleans. So all these things come into, into play with Zion, but you have to love his passion. You have to love what you've seen from him so far because, the, let's be honest, the league needs stars um, to, to kind of keep this thing going. LeBron's getting a little bit older, you know. So you need somebody like Zion to kind of come in and kind of grab the league by storm. He's doing that so far. But, again, small sample size, but you would like to see – continue over the next few weeks here as we continue to work toward the end of the season, what I'm trying
0: to say here. Excuse Rod Boone is joining us on the David Glenn Show. His most recent post is NBA lottery power rankings. The battle for the number one pick could get ugly. There are dozens of articles on NBA All-Star Weekend at The Athletic's uh, NBA page. Rod, of course, contributes to The Athletic Carolina. Last year, we were talking about Zion as the guy worth fighting over. I know your article includes uh, references to a lot of NBA teams. Is there a consensus right now? I mean, are they fighting over James Wiseman, formerly of Memphis? Are they fighting over Anthony Edwards of Georgia? I've read LaMelo Ball. You know, Lonzo's brother has made a lot of uh, the right headlines overseas, or, or is it more of a mixed bag as, to, as these, uh, these lower-based N- NBA teams are kind of playing the ping-pong ball game right now?
1: I think it's definitely a mixed bag, as you said. You know, last year, Zion was the clear-cut number one guy. You know, and then John Morant had a pretty good run stretch up there. We knew R.J. Barrett would be up there as well. But this year, all the guys you mentioned are in play. You know, LaMelo Ball, uh, Wiseman. You know, these guys are not consensus number one picks right now. So that's what makes this draft a little bit kind of hard to figure out. If you're a Hornets fan, you've been waiting a while to essentially maybe get a top five or so pick. And this is the draft where you're not sure if a top five player is going to be, you know, a top one player, or top, top three or four players. It just yep. depends on your perspective, depends on who you believe. It um, depends on, you know, how, how you evaluate your, your own t- players talent wise. But, but I agree there's, there's no clear cut number one guy right now. So if you're a Hornets fan, if you're a Golden State Warriors fan, if you're a Cavaliers fan, it depends on just what your team needs are, A, and B, tournament time, as you know. When tournament time comes in a few weeks here, March Madness. Some guys who may have been off the radar kind of come up on that radar again. So we don't have a consensus number one player at the moment, but the guys you mentioned, the you know the, the balls, the, the wisemans, they're probably in the top two or three picks. So, what the way to wait and see how it shakes out? But right now, it's really muddy in terms of who will be the number one guy overall.
0: With regular season action resuming tomorrow night, how many teams are on your very top tier? You know, whether it's two, three, four, five. You know, we read about the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks probably most often. But uh, it, you know, who? How does that pecking order go in your eyes as we look for the stretch run of the regular season?
1: That's a great question, man. I would say, you know, right now if you ask me um you know who's the team to beat i still think it's the lakers at this point in the west because even though they're still kind of a new team together with lebron and ad and they're still getting players um you know here and there i feel like lebron's on a mission this year i think lebron last year was a little bit embarrassed because no playoffs with him for the first time in ages you know he's used to this whole playoff postseason thing and when you factor in the whole Kobe Bryant situation with Kobe Bryant's untimely death a few weeks ago, the Lakers kind of being that team per se that's up there right now. It's between them and the Clippers to me. The Clippers are right there as well because you have the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. And when you see him winning MVPs of the finals last year, MVP of the All-Star Game a couple nights ago, the guy is just a player. And he may not be the most – You know, uh, talkative person out there may not be the most personable guy out there, but when you have him on your team, he he gives you a chance to win, uh, as we know, championships. So I put the Lakers and and Clippers kind of one, two, put Milwaukee with Giannis right there as well. You know, you throw in Houston, who can get hot at the right one with James Harden. You know what I mean? So I feel like. Whoever it will be, though, to me this year, will come out of the West. I think Milwaukee's had a really good year. Their percentage in terms of wins and losses is, is one of the best of all time right now. But I just feel like it's hard to beat LeBron playoff time. It's hard to beat Kawhi Leonard playoff time. So I think the Clippers and Lakers, to me, are the favorites to win it all. And the East, you got the Milwaukee in there. Philadelphia, not sure about those guys. Boston, yes, they could be there as well. But I would say the top four teams in my mind, if you include East and West, would be Lakers, Clippers, um, Boston, and Milwaukee.
0: Last thing for Rod Boone, remember, find his work at The Athletic Carolina. A great great contributor there, Hornets and otherwise in the association. He's on Twitter, at Rod Boone. I actually have been able to follow largely through your work you know, whatever the master plan might be in Charlotte. As you know, Michael Jordan just had another birthday, and Mitch Kupchak is a a GM that's well-known because of his roots here in Chapel Hill with the Tar Heels. I have a hard time from the outside, to be honest, figuring out what the master plan is. But, you know, why did the Hornets stand pat at the deadline? I saw through your articles Mitch Kupchak was protecting future cap space. Why would two veteran contributors, Marvin Williams and MKG, now be with other teams? Well, uh, there's reasons for that. How do you bottom line for any Hornets fan in our statewide audience the closest thing to a master plan that you can see, Rod, because, man, it's been a long time since Hornets fans <laughs> had something to really be excited about.
1: you totally totally... Um... <laughs> that, that, that's definitely accurate, and, <laughs> and, and you're totally right about that. Um, it's funny because today, myself and another writer, actually got a chance to talk to Ms. Cupcheck today. Okay. Ms. Kupchak um, hasn't spoken to us probably since, I guess, back in training camp. So to hear him say it, the plan has been pretty much defined and, and laid out for them. And what it is is this. Um, when we got the job two years ago, they were basically in salary cap hell. And they couldn't do anything. They couldn't move any player. They couldn't, um, you know, bring somebody in. And the people they had on the roster, asset-wise, were not covered anywhere in the league. Yeah. So uh, Mike, Michael K. Gilchrist, uh, Marvin Williams, Nick Batum, uh, Bismack Biyombo, you know, uh, Cody Zeller, all these players who have these large numbers in terms of their contract this year and, and previous years. They aren't movable because nobody wants them. And if you do move them, you must give up assets to get rid of these contracts, right. meaning first round draft picks. And if you're a Hornets fan, <laughs> you should know that that is one thing you cannot do is give up your first round draft picks, knowing that you cannot essentially go out there and big uh, bring a big time free agent here to town. So, that being the case, it's important to pick to your master plan. And Cupcheck says essentially the master plan was this, is to protect cap space and the future assets essentially for coming up to this summer now. This summer coming up, they will essentially have around $30 million or so salary cap space to go out there and make moves whether it's sign a free agent or taking a contract or something like that, make a trade. And Hornets fans should know they can't been able to do that in a long time. They haven't been able to go out there and make moves because they've been handicapped with their salary cap situation. So now they actually have space to make moves. They actually see their young players developing. The plan is to essentially add on to this core smartly and essentially, uh, you know, just make yourself prepared and better for 2021. In 2021, Everybody will have money to spend, it seems like. All of the major teams will have money to spend. So when that usually happens, teams want to get up contracts and move players around. So the horse may not be able to go out there and sign a max, quote-unquote, max free agent, but they may be able to bring in a player who isn't doing well somewhere else, bring him in here for a year or two, let him play in to you, and then get a draft pick or so to help you build your team. So, you're right. The plan has not been laid out clearly to a lot of Hornets fans the last few years, but it is there now. Cup says it's there. They're going to make sure they stick to their plan and don't deviate from it and just be smart about their money. So, we'll see how it happens. But the chance, but they actually have space to do stuff for once is a good thing for these guys, it seems, for sure.
0: His name is Roderick Boone. You can call him Rod. You can find his work at The Athletic Carolina. He loves the French pr- the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He loves some <laughs> classic 90s hip-hop, and he's very good at covering the NBA. Rod, thanks for your visit here on The David Glenn Show. Keep up the good work.
1: You got it. Thanks for having me on, David. You got it.
0: Tom, Tom Dundon is the owner of of the Carolina Hurricanes and has a lot to celebrate right now. Nice win over Nashville on the road last night, return home Friday, and the stadium series outdoor hockey game is coming to not only a southeastern market for the very first time ever. It's coming to the Carolina Hurricanes. Carter-Finley Stadium will be the venue. The Canes will be the host team. Tom Tom Dundon was a big part of making that happen. The Canes owner joins us live in less than 10 minutes. Your phone calls, too, at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I I hope it's not awkward. (laughs) Um,
2: You know, I hope it's not like a
0: hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but... I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's a uh, hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. The National Hockey League really ramped up the idea of outdoor hockey games, regular season style, actual NFL NHL teams, in the later part of last decade. So there were a couple... Previously, but in 2008, the Penguins and the Sabres played up in Orchard Park, New York. Wrigley Field in 2009 was where the Red Wings played the Blackhawks. And one branch of the outdoor games tree is now called the Stadium Series. You've heard of Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. They had a hockey game there. Yankee Stadium in New York. They had a hockey game there. Stadium Series ramped up in 2014, so it's a relatively new phenomenon. In year one, they actually had three games. The other was at Soldier Field in Chicago, so you get the theme here. Levi's Stadium out in Santa Clara, California, home of the 49ers, has hosted a game. TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Also, a stadium built for other purposes, hosted an outdoor hockey game just a few years ago. Coors Field in Denver, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, the link in my hometown of Philadelphia. Just this past weekend, the Air Force Academy hosted an outdoor hockey game at Falcon Stadium. That one did not go so well for traffic and parking related reasons, but the hockey was pretty good. The first outdoor hockey game in the southeastern United States will be hosted by your Carolina Hurricanes. It will happen next February. The Canes' energetic young owner Tom Dundon, the billionaire, was central to helping make sure that this happened. He partnered with NC State and the Wolfpack's Carter Finley Stadium, of course, will be the venue next February as they as the Canes host a still to be announced opponent. That may end up being the Pittsburgh Penguins, but we will see. Meanwhile, the Canes won last night in Nashville. The NHL trade deadline is next week. The players just enjoyed their moms accompanying them to some games, including that win at the Predators last night in Nashville. We'll also also ask Tom Dundon when he joins us on the other side. He was probably about seven years old when the miracle on ice happened. Now, he'll tell you, he owns an NHL team, but he has not been like a lifelong hockey guy. But I was only a little older than that when those American collegians beat the lion cheating Russians on the way to the gold medal at Lake Placid in 1980. We'll talk with Tom Dundon about the exciting stadium series news, the miracle on ice, the canes on a roll, the trade deadline, and much more. He joins us live next on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome yeah. back to the David Glenn Show. Last
2: year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand yeah. down and uh, shook my hand and said, Two chains. And about five seconds after oh, he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said, Three
0: rings. <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest owns the Carolina Hurricanes. He was just part of a huge announcement. The Southeastern United States is actually getting the NHL's first-ever outdoor hockey game. And it's not just in our region. It's right here in our backyard. NC State and the Canes, of course, partner in the sense that they share an arena, PNC Arena, hockey-slash-basketball, right across the parking lot. There's Carter-Finley Stadium. That will be home to a Hurricanes home game in what they call the NHL Stadium series next February, thanks in part to the hard work of our guest. Tom Dundon, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you, man? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Before we get into this exciting news and some other Kane stuff, I'm a little older than you, but I, I have vivid memories of the miracle on ice in nineteen eighty and Lake Placid and Team USA and all those college guys beating the horrible Russians. Were you too young for that? I know hockey wasn't central to your life back then, but what are your memories, or, or have you crossed paths with any of those guys over the years?
2: No, that was sort of my, probably my biggest childhood memory. I think I was nine years old and lived in the East Coast, and so that was, you know, hockey was part of the deal when you were a kid there. And You know, I later moved to Texas, where obviously it didn't come up much for a while, but yeah, at the time, that was that was, you know, the thing I, Sporting moment. I remember most as a kid. So it was, a, it was pretty funny. You know, it was different Cold War and all those things where right. um, for, for whatever reason we grew up fearing and hating uh, Russia, right? It was scary and now all of a sudden our best players are Russian that's
0: so ironic. <laughs> Andrei Svechnikov, a young superstar, of course, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Of Tom Dundon, you can follow Tom on Twitter at tdcanes. All right, a lot of work by a lot of people went into making this historic moment happen. I loved your just your public release included just the history-making part of this. Uh, what do you think allowed your bid to to go over the top and and get announced recently by the NHL?
2: Man, it's hard to know, right? Like we've been. I've been on these guys, we've been on it since day one, and, and uh, uh, I, I don't know exactly how they make their decisions, but I'm assuming persistence helps, and you know, obviously the team's had a, had a nice resurgence, and with the college football market that we're in and the stadium right there, I think just, you know, you take all those factors, and over time we we're going to wear them down
0: we would assume that since y'all have to have a working relationship, NC state and the Canes, I mean, you share a building, there's some scheduling issues and I don't know how long that list is security or otherwise parking, et cetera. Uh, What can you share about the nature of that relationship? And I know uh, you and Don Waddell were very complimentary of Boo Corrigan and his staff at NC state for their role in, in just helping you make this happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, couldn't do it. without them. We we need a place to play, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great. You know, I hope it's good for them. I think they're going to get a lot of attention. It's a national TV game, and uh, the venue and the university. Uh, you know, hopefully, it's hopefully it's a really good, a really good thing for them too. Because I, I think it'd be great for us and our fans. So, I'd I'd like it to be good for them also.
0: I know they hold uh, what n- close to sixty thousand for a college football game. What do we know at this stage? how it's going to work in terms of just capacity, given that I know you expect very high demand for this game.
2: Yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of pushing to do something different down on the field where have some fan areas where it can be standing room and where it's kind of a party down on the actual field itself where you can watch the game where I'm assuming the people who are down there aren't watching as much of the game, but you know, they can kind of be part of the atmosphere there. So that, that should free up some capacity. And then, you know, we're pushing hard on where do they put the pipes and to make the ice without taking away seats and where do you put the cameras without taking away seats. And there's some spaces where we can add, potentially add some seats that they've done in the past. Um, So yeah, we're trying hard to, uh, minimize minimize uh the number of lost lost seats and that was one of the big arguments i had with the nhl and i lost but i was trying to tell them they can't take any seats for their sponsors and everybody because we're <laughs> going to need them but it, i got overruled
0: uh, it was last year my hometown of philadelphia hosted a game flyers penguins And my friends up there told me that even though I think it was like close to 70,000 people who were able to see that game, there were minimal complications, you know, maybe because, you know, that same sports complex is used to dealing with huge numbers of people. You probably know by now, I don't know what to degree, but the Air Force Academy Falcon Stadium experiment this past weekend, maybe the hockey was great, but there are a lot of unhappy customers. Was there something learned there? Was it really just, uh, you know, a college football stadium that is not partnered with a hockey team the way you guys are? Uh, Did they just get bad luck out there, or, or was there bad planning? Can you tell?
2: Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, look, everybody was coming from one direction, Right. Um, I don't know if Colorado Springs is east or west, but it's just one road from Denver to Colorado Springs where we're kind of in the middle of, of town. And I, so I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I mean, it's not unique to Carter Finley or the Air Force Academy that there's a lot of traffic for big sporting events. So I, if this is our problem, we're really not very good at this. I mean, there's going to be a lot of traffic when the game ends at every sporting event, right? right? Um, but three hours seems... Seems excessive. I think getting in's easy because of the whole tailgating thing and the way we'll program the day. I don't think that's going to even be a problem. Um, so I, I was saying yesterday on your guys' show that. You know, maybe we need to come up with an extended storm surge so some people stick around longer. Yeah,
0: right. Show up early. I mean, and and we'll help you get those messages out a year from now. But show up early, stay late, and that way traffic in both directions is a little bit less complicated. Uh, Of course, everybody wants to know the opponent. At least tell us how that works. Is that an ultimately an nhl decision with your input uh because some people thought it would might be the capitals and the capitals had a spokesman who said it's not going to be them and others are hoping it's going to be the penguins and jim rutherford would be a great fit as an opponent etc uh what can you share
2: yeah i think this is the nhl's call you know we'll we can have some input but i'm i'm just happy that we have the game and it's it's if somebody's passionate about who we should play whether they do it you know, give the fans a vote or they have a reason or NBC, I don't care. Like we'll play whoever we play. Right. Um, there's a lot of good choices. Um, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't made that something that's, that's important to me. I, the good thing about if we don't do a team that travels well, then more of our fans get to be there. And if you do do a team that travels well, um, that atmosphere is pretty fun, right, to have them have their own section and they're cheering for their team and we're cheering for ours. And I doesn't matter who it is, we'll have more of ours than, them, than theirs, unlike I heard it wasn't that way a few years back.
0: You've got a, a business brain from a lot of other ventures and industries way beyond hockey. How do you put into words why this was important to you from day one? Because this franchise has hosted an all-star game. It has hosted an NHL draft. Uh, is, is it just part of extending the brand is it just uh, you know another reason for people to care about the canes uh, how many things go into why this was such a big deal for you
2: well part of it is I just thought it'd be fun yeah. <laughs> so I think just for my own personal life experience it seemed neat and you know I, I think we've talked a little about this it's a, it's a long season you don't want this to be a job for the the, the coaches and the players and you know you don't want it to be redundant for the fans or anybody and so doing things like this that change it up give you something to be excited about I think there's some real value overall to the to your brand and to your franchise to your players and and so I think there's a reason that getting one of these uh, is good for your season and then I think the other part is the All Star Game is not about us and the draft is not about us but yep. this is this is about us and this is a chance for people who aren't hockey fans to go be part of an event. And, you know, hopefully some of them leave and have a connection to us. So I think, I think this is the one we wanted, you know, other than obviously having success in the playoffs, which, which you can't negotiate that, right. That's, (laughs) that's different. Where this one, you could just go get to work and hope that hopefully, uh, Hopefully they said yes, and they did.
0: Tom Dundon joining us. Follow him on Twitter at T.D. Canes. He is the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. The Canes now will join. The Flyers had a game at the Link a couple years ago. Uh, or That was last year, actually. The Capitals had one in Annapolis, Maryland. The Penguins had one at, at Heinz Field. The Blackhawks had one at Soldier Field in Chicago. Uh, the Devils and the Islanders had that uh kind of doubleheader at Yankee Stadium in New York, so the Canes making their own kind of history with next year's Stadium Series game. You talked about uh, making things a little different and trying to make it fun and less of a job. The Moms trip, is that something that... uh is sort of grassroots where moms or dads years ago came up with this idea is that a top-down thing where you know tom dundon or other decision makers say wouldn't it be cool for the guys to have their dads around for this road trip or their moms around for this other road trip i know from your perspective if you get the guys to post four one victories every time moms were around you'd have them around all the time
2: yeah we won on the dad's trip last year too so yeah it was pretty good right yeah um yeah, I don't know. When I got here, they said, hey, there's this mom's trip. And, and the first year I actually was with the team and went to it, and it was really neat to see. Um, so, yeah, I don't know when it started or how it started in hockey and when it got to the Canes. I think traditionally it was dad's trips, and then they started right. alternating mom's dad's each year. And, um, you know, I, I actually got a couple texts today and last night from a couple of the players saying how appreciative they were and how much fun they had and you know that's that's cool that's 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 makes you feel good right so that's what you want out of this and like it's been uh it was a really good trip i don't know why obviously winning helps but um one i think they love it and two it just sounds like there's such a good culture that rod's created and they all get along and there's no drama and then the moms come and and you win, and so it was It was really good. I was really happy about it.
0: Have you met enough moms and dads to note that, you know, oh, now I see where this player got that personality characteristic from. Like, you know, <laughs> apparently Martin Nook's mom or dad is a hoot just like he is, or uh, Justin Williams' mom is really just kind of a, a fun person the way Willie is. Have, have you kind of crossed enough of those paths to see any of that? A
2: little bit just with, with, with Martin Nook and Willie's dad's, uh, they, so their dad's trip came to Dallas last year, and uh, I had my family there, and they won. And I I don't know how many beers they drank <laughs> that night. I, I'd have to check my bill. But, but I remember going down to the locker room after the game with my two-year-old, and Willie's dad or Martin, one of their dads grabbed the kid, and my wife, Went went pale because he had had enough to drink that it probably Uh-oh. probably created some danger. I think it was child protective services <laughs> needed to be called because they they were having so much fun. So it was it was yeah you can see it for sure. Um, but they're they're such nice people. All these families they are just nice people, and you can what what I think you take away from it is you know the culture that you see with the players and teams. You know, you definitely see it in the parents, too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Rod and uh, you both talk about that a lot. You need great talent, of course. You can be the nicest guy in the world, uh, and that's not going to help the hockey team. But if you can put great people with great talent together and fill your roster that way, uh, that's as good as it gets. All right, last thing for you. The trade deadline is almost here in the NHL. Y'all made a minor deal. I guess that's what they're describing it as. Julian Godier to the Rangers. You get a young defenseman named Joey Keene. He was an AHL All-Star. Uh, do you expect anything else to happen or chime in on that deal or anything else you'd like with the, what is it, we're five days now, I think, from the trade deadline?
2: Yeah, you know, we've, we've talked about that we're pretty good and maybe we haven't gotten the results so far, but I think we're probably top 10 in record in the NHL and haven't had as fortunate uh, break sometimes. So we, haven't, we haven't scored a six-on-five goal this year, which is hard to do. And those, those are the most valuable goals in hockey, right? Yeah, I almost guarantee you a point or two. And so um, we've had lots of chances there in close games. And so, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of activity on players that are better than what we've got. Um, there's a couple close, but not actually better. And we so we like our players. And to the extent that they have a good finish to the season, I think we're going to be fine. Now, if there's a bigger long-term deal, uh, you know, we're always interested in that. Um, something that makes you, you know, materially better for a long time, then we would talk about that. But as far as someone to come in here for a month or two uh, and be much better than what we've got, that's hard to do.
0: His name is Tom Dundon. He is bringing the stadium series to Raleigh, North Carolina and Carter finley Stadium. Remember, that is next year. The Canes have a lot of business to take care of this season and are, as we speak, in Eastern Conference playoff position. They are back home against the Rangers this Friday at Toronto on Saturday. They have two other February home games against Dallas and Colorado. They're both coming to town next week. Tom, thanks as always for spending some time with us here on the David Glenn Show, and really congratulations on all the good news and and cool headlines that we've seen lately.
2: Awesome, thanks David. Have a good day.
0: You too. Tom Dundon on Twitter at TD Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. The head devil David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique
2: ability to, to just do it right. Now all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody at another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody.
1: The David Glenn Show.
0: to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Special thanks to Tom Dunden, the guy who owns the Carolina Hurricanes, for dropping by in part to celebrate the great news. Stadium Series coming to Carter-Finley with the Canes as your host next year. Remember, there are going to be cool jerseys associated with that. There will be a concert Could it be the official band of the NHL? little green day for DJ? Could that be it? Would it be a Scotty McCreary? Will they go in a different direction still? A lot of reasons to be excited beyond the outdoor hockey a year from now randolph childress was with us one of the all-time greats in the history of wake basketball he of course still contributes as an assistant coach to danny manning if you're in the triad area of our statewide audience or on your way there get there early for more than the usual reasons dave odom friend of the program as nice a guy as you'll ever meet will be honored pre-game with his it's not a jersey going into the rafters but A banner honoring his greatness will join the best in the history of Wake basketball prior to the Deacons hosting Georgia Tech. The tip is 7 o'clock or so, so get there early for Coach Odom's ceremony before the game. And then Randolph Childress, Tim Duncan is in town. As part of that 1995 ACC title team, those guys are being honored at halftime. So, rough year for the Deeks, but certainly something worth celebrating. Dave Odom, Randolph Childress, Tim Duncan, and otherwise this evening. You do have other good TV options. We've talked a lot today about the Wolfpack. Three whacks at the pinata, the points you need to get it done on Selection Sunday. The first of those three is tonight with number 6 Duke visiting PNC Arena. Florida State visits on Saturday, and then there's the return trip to the Blue Devils at Cameron. Best chance Saturday against FSU. Second best chance is tonight. Get her done, Wolfpack, or you are going to miss a huge opportunity. Also tonight, other college basketball left and right. Syracuse at Louisville with the Cardinals trying to find their way back. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on.
2: It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North
1: Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.